Welcome to the Ride With Us podcast, presented by the American Coaster Enthusiasts, the world's largest ride enthusiast organization dedicated to the appreciation, promotion, and preservation of roller coasters around the globe. So please keep your hands and feet inside the podcast at all times as we welcome your hosts, Jessica Gardner and John Davidson. Welcome, Coaster World and Theme Park fans. Today we have Arthur, who has spent over 30 years covering and writing about the industry. We'll discuss his thoughts when he started, how wood coasters led to the popularity of hybrids. We'll walk through his thoughts of when he created that new hybrid category and how he's even discussing the possibility of a new coaster category in his coverage. But first, let's have a quick reminder on how exciting the events can be. I am so lucky to have none other than my daughter, Roller Coaster Riley, here to talk about one of her first big roller coaster events. Do you remember what event I'm talking about? Yeah, the Raven. The Raven was with the first roller coaster that we rode on. It was Holiday Nights. Yeah. And do you remember what the other big roller coaster was? I was getting ready to ride on Voyage, and you said, I am not riding on Voyage. I am saving my ride. What were you saving your ride for? The night. What's so special about that night ride on the Voyage? Because of the night there's an only girls train. Oh, so you got on the only girls train? Yeah. Was that fun? Yeah. Tell me about it. So all the girls were in the line, and then I was on the second chain. There's th- three chains for all, uh, three trains for only girls, and I was on the second one, and I got to sit next to a girl, and she was really nice. And even the ride ops were girls. Yeah, that's pretty fun. But earlier in that day, we did something also exciting, and that's what you're talking about with the Raven. Do you remember what we did? Yeah, we rode it. Well, we did write it, but then we got to do a tour behind the scenes. Yeah. Do you remember the guy that gave us the tour? Uh, Todd. It was Todd. I thought Todd went above and beyond because he was telling us about how they retract the entire turn by the water and he stopped the entire tour just to hear your questions. And then what did he tell you to do? Hold the, like the big ball. Yes. So he answered all your questions. He said, oh, and make sure you go down to the bottom of that hill and check out the bolts. And remember you held it up. It was like bigger than my head. Yep. And that was our first big coaster event. Yeah. Hopefully that reminds you of how much fun the events are. And don't forget, you can check out aceonline.org and pick events from the top menu. You'll find events like Saturday, August 7th, where we have two events. You can cool off with Ace South Central at the Slitterbaum Water Park in Galveston, Texas. Or if you're closer to New York, you can join Ace New York City for the Luna Park Fest. On Saturday, August 13th, we have the Summer of Thrills at Valley Fair, hosted by Ace North Central or Hoosier Huracan at Indiana Beach as Midwest proves that there is more than corn in Indiana. Additionally, Ace Europe will be at Movie Park Germany Fan Day where they're going to keep up their tradition of visiting the stunt show and, of course, wet ERT on Area 51. Additionally, there are three informal meetups, 
Saturday, August 7th at Galveston Pleasure Pier. Sunday, August 7th at Kennywood. And Saturday, August 13th at Busch Gardens, Williamsburg. And like Riley's excitement about the events, you can meet other dedicated members just like I did when I was visiting the Eastern Philadelphia region. So Michelle, I couldn't help but notice when we were in line that you have a tattoo that I think people would be interested in. So can you talk about your roller coaster tattoo? I have a Phoenix tattoo, which I just recently got. I got it about three weeks ago. It was planned for longer. I probably had it set up for six months. My tattoo artist is booked out pretty far. I really like how she works. So I want to make sure to get her. She did my Skyrush tattoo also. So Phoenix, although your tattoo is new, that ride is not new for you, is it? No, I've been riding Phoenix probably since 1991, I want to say. And why have you been riding it for that long? My friend, when I was very young, was a roller coaster enthusiast, and I was terrified. I wouldn't go near them. And my first big roller coaster was Comet, incidentally. He held me in the queue and would not let me leave. And after that, I was hooked. Phoenix was the coaster at my home park that we were at all the time. So my first ride in Phoenix, I was hooked, and I had been riding it ever since. And why is that so special for you? It's one of the first coasters in, at your home park, or is that the coaster that you, that you compare all coasters to? <laughs> Phoenix is the coaster that got me involved in being an enthusiast. Phoenix was the coaster that I compared everything to. Um, it got me out and traveling because on the Phoenix right there on the, the wall, there's the Golden Ticket Awards, and Phoenix is there at the top. And I'm looking and I'm like, look at all these other coasters. We need to go try these because the Phoenix is so good. We should do more. So that's what started was going to check out all the other wooden coasters on Golden Ticket Top 50 list. So when did that lead you to uh, Ace? Oh, I'm going to say when. That's a good question. I think I met an enthusiast and they were talking about Ace. And I looked it up on the website and saw all the events and was very excited to attend some events. So that's been really fun. Ah, so it, events. Yes, I did CoasterCon 43. I didn't, 43 was PA. But you did say you're planning to go to CoasterCon next year, right? Yes, yes. We're hoping to go to CoasterCon next year. All right. So it'll be like a Where's Waldo challenge for you guys. You have to, <laughs> you have to look through the ACE members and look for the one with the tattoo. And then they can say hi, right? Yeah, there you go. And hopefully that starts to paint a picture in your mind about the dedication of some of our members. And speaking of dedication, Arthur clearly has some dedication as he continues to write about the industry. I have a special guest here, Arthur from All About Theme Parks. Arthur, welcome to the Ride With Us podcast. Hey, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me, John. Well, I am excited because it's rare that we've had somebody that's been covering the industry for 30 years. Is that 30 years and counting, right? It's true. I've been doing this since 1992. So I'm uh, something of a veteran at this. <laughs> a veteran. That sounds, <laughs> sounds excellent. So uh, just kind of walk me back to one of those first few things that you got published. Sure. Um, the very first article that I got published was about the Back to the Future attraction at Universal Studios Florida. And it was for a magazine that no longer exists called Theme Park Magazine. I actually got to write the cover story 
for the debut issue of Theme Park Magazine. And um, it was an incredible treat because, well, first of all, I had never written about the industry before, although I had been fascinated by it for years and always wanted to try to figure out a way that I could get involved with the industry. And I had some a bit of a background in writing and journalism. And so I was able to sort of marry those two things. But it, it was just an, an incredible uh, adventure because I got to interview a gentleman by the name of Doug Trumbull, who did the film for the Back to the Future attraction, who had his uh, studio in Western Massachusetts. I live in Massachusetts. And so I was able to go out there and meet him. He had this incredible uh, career in, in film, uh, working on, on such films as 2001 and Close Encounters and uh, the Star Trek movies. Uh, and then he got involved in the theme parks ind industry and, and, and did this uh, Back to the Future uh, attraction. And it was kind of trial by fire for me, uh, becoming a theme park journalist uh, all those years ago. Do you feel like the industry has changed when it comes to roller coasters through those 30 years? And is there anything that kind of pulls out as a major milestone as you're doing coverage that, uh, that, that you noticed from your point of view? Well, certainly um, the uh, introduction of RMC has kind of just turned the coaster industry on its head. And it even gets difficult sometimes to talk about what, what is a steel coaster and what's a wood coaster. Um, it, th those definitions have been blurred and it, it's, um, it, it's that, that more than anything, I think, has been the, um, the one development over the 30 years that I've been covering the industry. Um, you know, the, this whole idea of these hybrid wooden steel coasters um, and, and the new Texas giant kind of just changed everything, I would say. Would you say that that was... Clearly wasn't the first hybrid coaster, but do you think that was the one that made the hybrid coaster maybe more popular or at least gave it some maybe some uh, some definite like put a spotlight on it? Absolutely. And and I think because of the evolution of, you know, the kind of what happened, you had this wooden coaster, the Texas Giant that, like many wooden coasters, had become excessively rough, but everybody knew that. People, especially down in, in Texas, knew that to be, you know, this major wooden coaster. And then this company comes in, rips out the tracks, puts in this funny looking steel track. And uh, it just emphasized so much, you know, the, the hybrid nature of what they were doing, as opposed to some of the other hybrid coasters that that exist out there um you know there's there are coasters like the cyclone which goes back to the 1920s at coney island that has a steel structure and uh wooden track uh and then there are there are coasters that are kind of on the flip side like gemini at cedar point which have a wooden structure and and a, and a tubular steel track uh so those are hybrid coasters but they were built from the ground up that way and i don't know that a lot of you know a lot of average folks who go to Coney Island and look at the cyclone, they're not necessarily noticing that that's a steel structure. They just think of that as probably being a wooden coaster if they think about it at all. And, uh, but like, like I said, with RMC and what they did with Texas Giant, it, it was, that was the story. I mean, this, the story was you had this 
this this miserable wooden coaster. They came in, they ripped out the track, they put in this funny looking iBox track, and it became this wonderful ride overnight. And uh, and that was sort of the turning point in terms of identifying hybrid coasters as being you know a thing. Yeah, that's man. So many things to unpack there. So let's let's walk <laughs> through them a little bit one at a time. Sure. So for folks listening to this who haven't seen the Texas Giant, uh, you would uh, you would say that they kept the wooden track, and then they came back in. And you talked a little bit about iBox. Uh, can you just kind of give a short little brief description of what that what that means? Well, they kept the wooden structure. They didn't keep the wooden track. They oh, sorry, them. sorry. That's what yeah, I yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Good point. No. So, so if somebody's confused, what's the iBox? So the iBox track is is something that um, Alan Schilke and Fred Grubb at RMC Rocky Mountain Construction developed. Um, it literally is in the shape of an eye rather than tubular steel track, which is what most steel coasters have. Um, this has a flat top and then two channels on the side, if you think of the capital letter I, um, that, that's what the iBox track is. And the running wheels roll on the flat portion of the top of the track and uh, the upstop wheels um, go into the channels along the side. And the reason, I, I believe the reason why they came up with this, uh, this, this, this uh, innovation is because they give remarkably smooth rides. To me, what makes these hybrid roller coasters, um, the, these iBox hybrid roller coasters, so unique and so uh, noteworthy is because typically you're taking a coaster that had been giving absolutely miserable ride experiences, kind of like the Texas Giant, and turning them to, into absolutely wonderful ride experiences like the new Texas Giant. And, and a lot of it has to do with that iBox track. And I hope I've explained it. Well. Oh, that, that's okay. Um, the, the, the point is for the general public, they took something that they thought would be vibrating and, and kind of rough and turned it into something more smooth. And, and I think that you'll have your ACE members that are still hardcore wood coaster. We, lo we lost the feel. So, so, so when did you first have to ask yourself, is the, do I have to make a new category called hybrid <laughs> <laughs> when I'm writing about this stuff? I actually did make a new category and it was soon after the new Texas giant came out. I guess it probably maybe was a few years later when there were a few more of them, um, it suddenly became clear that in, in my mind, I really couldn't consider them either wooden or steel coasters. And it made more sense to me uh, to call these hybrid wooden steel coasters. And so that that's what I do. Um, so I have lists of what I consider to be my favorite or best wooden coasters, I have one uh, for the best steel coasters, and I have a separate category for best hybrid coasters. I'm also thinking, if you're, if you're curious, uh, I'm thinking of developing a fourth category, um, and I'm not sure what I'm going to call it, but it'll be something like storytelling coasters or highly themed coasters, because there are now coasters out there, um, like the Guardians of the Galaxy coaster that just opened at Epcot, or uh, Hag <coughs> excuse me, Hagrid's at Islands of Adventure, that it's difficult to talk just about the coaster experience because the themed 
the storytelling aspects, the, 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 the themed nature of it is so intrinsic and so integral to, to the whole experience. So I'm, I th I'm thinking that I'm going to have actually four categories of coasters. Oh, I, I like that. I like that, the themed. And, and your reasoning behind that is because there are elements that are built into the coaster experience that are part of the, the entire package. Is, is that why you're creating a separate category for that? Yeah, I don't think it's fair to compare, let's say, Hagrid's as a steel coaster compared to, you know, Millennium Force, let's say, um, because they're really two different experiences. Um, you know, a, a, a ride like, let's say, Superman at Six Flags New England um, is a wonderful steel coaster ride experience and I think would probably blow away, you know, Hagrid's at Islands of Adventure. But the uh the the themed aspect the animatronics and the special effects and everything that's going on in there makes that such a wonderful overall ride experience that i think it needs to be pulled out and looked at it's looked at as its own separate category I, I like that idea i like that idea so if you have thoughts on this you can drop us a note at uh, podcast at aceonline.org because i'm interested if, if you also are feeling this so circling back uh, you, to some of the ones that you were talking about earlier and we'll get to your favorites let's hold that down for for a bit but you said uh you said a lightning rod was one of the ones that was somewhat controversial and i know because i've looked uh, i think you maybe mentioned it you were at the opening for lightning rod right <laughs> i was at the alleged opening of lightning rod i was invited out as a as <laughs> let's a talk about that <laughs> <laughs> so i was invited to to cover it and you know the dollywood set the date and um they sent out the invitations and i made my way down there as did other journalists however um lightning rod was not actually open when I got there. Um, Dolly Parton was there and she performed on a stage in front of the coaster and with a 50s band and everything went off without a hitch except nobody got to ride Lightning Rod. Um, so there have been obviously a lot of uh, difficulties with, with that coaster, it, it being the first launched wooden coaster. There, there were a lot of uh, problems that RMC had getting that thing up and running and, and keeping it up and running. Um, but one of the controversies is we, we were talking earlier, do you, do you call that a wooden coaster or a steel coaster? What, what, what I've sort of settled on is, is, is this. I think that the topper track coasters and, and by topper track, um, that's distinct from the iBox track. Um, topper track is uh, another RMC innovation where they, in, on, on top of the stack of, uh, of wooden track, that is on a wooden coaster instead of a thin band of, of steel down the middle on which the wheels ride. Um, they have what's RMC has what's known as topper track, which completely covers the top of the stack of, of wooden uh, track. And um, most people, including me, consider those to be wooden coasters. The iBox uh, coasters, which are typically the, the hybrid coasters where they take an older wooden coaster and keep the wooden structure and put on the iBox track, I consider those hybrid wooden steel coasters. So part of the problem with Lightning Rod, what makes it a bit controversial is it started out as a uh, topper track 
coaster. It started out as a wooden coaster, um, by my estimation. But uh, over the course of time, there, there were some rough sections, I guess. And, and, and for, for, for whatever reason, Rocky Mountain went in and replaced some of the topper track with their iBox track. And then they went back and they replaced some more of the track with, with iBox track. So now it's a combination of topper track and iBox track. What do you call that? I have no idea. But for the moment, I guess I'm still continuing to consider it a wooden coaster, but that probably requires some thought on my part to, to, <laughs> to reconsider. Especially when they change it. So, and, and there are lots of different manufacturers that are, that are going the route of putting the steel um, on. So, so it's not just uh, RMC now that's in this game. So I, I do think that that is definitely something that all of us coaster enthusiasts have to start asking ourselves is when does it become a hybrid or when is it a wood coaster? Right. And I think there's more than more controversial, more controversy than just lightning rod, outlaw run, Silver city, even uh, where do where do you, where do you draw the line based on your criteria on one of the newer coasters where the entire uh, framing is all metal and just the wood coaster is, is on the tracks like uh, Texas Stingray. I would still consider that a wooden coaster because it's it's really mostly about the track and, and it's about the trains. Um, and uh, just like um, with the with the Coney Island Cyclone, I, I would consider that a, a wooden coaster. Yeah, it's good. It's, it's nice to hear uh, people's opinions. Um, so if we go back to your publication, you talked through about how you had to add a second cat or sorry, a third category and maybe possibly a new themed attraction category. What, what did you also have to like kind of look at to start to rank your attractions for your publication differently? Well, I, I think by the very nature of rankings, really there's, they're subjective and whether it's roller coasters or theme park attractions or movies or music, whenever you're reading a, uh, review of, of anything, um, it really comes down to the uh, kind of the opinion and the, and, the, and, the, and, the, and the standards of the journalist writing the review. So I guess that's, you know, kind of the same thing in my case. But what I try to do when I review attractions is to put them in context. Um, we were talking earlier about, you know, how can you compare uh, the Hagrid coaster at Islands of Adventure with, you know, the Superman coaster at Six Flags New England, you know, they're accomplishing two very different things. And even though you might look at the Hagrid coaster and say, my God, look at how much money Universal spent designing and building this um, compared to uh, a coaster that you might find at a Six, a Six Flags park, they're, they're really trying to accomplish two different things. So, just because the budget may be higher and the aspirations are higher um, and, and you know, maybe the audience for it is, is broader, that doesn't mean that Hagrid's necessarily warrants a higher rating um, because the Superman ride at Six Flags New England, I consider to be one of the best steel coasters. And that's what they were going for. They were trying to create a great steel coaster and they accomplished it. And um, so that in my mind warrants a, a high rating. So I hope that makes sense. Yeah. So I, I mean, so, f and we're talking about even elements, right? If you're, if you love airtime and the sense of coming out of your seat, well, the right of steel is not the best coaster for you, right? 
because uh, you know that that's just pure speed and uh, you know adrenaline and turns and and it, so so it even gets into the into the pieces. So I, I think it's interesting that 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 you have to think through all of those pieces so that when somebody who isn't maybe as in, as interested as we are in the industry, uh, you know, uh, it, you can kind of separate them so that they can understand, you know, if theming is important to them, then, then you, these, these rides are, are uh, a higher rating or, or ones that they might like more. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, first of all, John, I, I'm going to have to take exception. I, I think um, Superman ride of steel at six flags ooh, ooh, has, has, like has, has incredible airtime. Ah, okay. um, as, uh, as, as well as great speed and, and all the other I, things. I want to dig in on this. So it would be after the two uh, two uh, speed loops or whatever you want to call them uh, to, where, to where you have the bunny hills. Yeah, yeah. But even that, when, when you come over that the first, first drop, drop and go up the second hill or, or the, the first hill i guess uh -huh. there's, there's some pretty spectacular airtime there oh. probably depending on what seat you're sitting in um but of uh, what row you're in um but i find it to be one of the greatest airtime experiences out there actually oh see i'm a mako fan so <laughs> oh i love mako as well yeah mako mako's great <laughs> so i i that's it's my my comparison and my airtime comparison so i, I no, think it's I'll, funny I'll, though I'll, I'll grant you that mako's got the airtime over superman for sure <laughs> but i love so don't get me wrong i absolutely love the superman ride don't <laughs> don't get me wrong I, I i wish it was closer to me that's for sure but but to get back to your second point um that, see, that's the danger in boiling every everything down to either a star rating or a number rating. I use numbers, you know, to say that one coaster is a 4.2 and another one is a 4.6. It's really about digging in and seeing what I write about it. Yeah, if you are into airtime, I'm going to talk about airtime in the article itself beneath the star rating or the, the number rating. Um, and that's where I hope people will take the time to kind of dig into the details and find out, you know, what are the different elements that are in this? What are the themed uh, elements that, that are in here? You know, what, what about the inversions, if, if you're into inversions? I try to hit all of those different details when I, uh, when I write uh, about, about the ride, you know, beneath the rating itself. Nice. Nice. So you mentioned earlier that you had a couple of favorites. Do you mind uh, giving me your top two in each category? Sure. Put, put you on the spot? No, no, no. That That's fine. That's fine. Um, for for Steel, um, I, I really do like the, the Superman ride. That is, uh, I, I just think that uh, it, it, there's a bit of parochialism going on here because I do live in Massachusetts and you know, Six Flags New England is in Massachusetts. So it's a little bit of hometown pride, I guess, but that is my favorite uh, steel coaster. Uh, in terms of wooden coasters, I love El Toro uh, at Six Flags um, Great Adventure in New Jersey. Talk about um, airtime. Yeah, yeah. Love Lightning Rod, love Voyage. But again, Lightning Rod, is that a wooden coaster? I don't know. We'll have to rethink that maybe. Uh, in terms of hybrid coasters, um, th this is a bit difficult because 
Um, I really, I love Steel Vengeance at Cedar Point. I recently got to ride Iron Gwazi at Busch Gardens. Ooh, thought that that's was a good one, man. probably equally as good as Steel Vengeance. Yeah. But I, I think I'm still going to give the top spot to Twisted Colossus at Six Flags Magic Mountain. Oh. Only because um, if it's running properly, and that's a big if, and those trains sync up and they do, the, you know, the... The, ah, the, the dual... Yeah, yeah. They're, oh. they're, they're, one's flying. They're, they're doing the the zero G stall, and one's right side right up, and the other yeah. one's upside down. That to me is Nirvana. I mean, it's just and and plus having the two lift hills and the two drops, uh, and the history of Colossus. There's just something about that ride that I find absolutely genius. So um, I could be pers persuaded otherwise, but I still think I give the top spot to Twisted Colossus. I love it. I love it. I love it. All right. So going back to maybe some of your most memorable stories covering the industry, I don't know if it's fair to ask you to pick a couple out of your 30 years, <laughs> but is there any, any uh, maybe good story or, or just crazy, crazy situation? Um, we'll, we'll leave lightning rod out since you've already <laughs> went over that one, but uh, in, anything you want to highlight for us uh, enthusiasts? Well, I've been blessed, really. I, I've had some wonderful opportunities and experiences. Um, I've, for example, we talked about Mako. I was the first person outside of SeaWorld and and the coaster manufacturer to ride that and 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 then to write about it, um, and loved it from the very first moment I got on it. And I've had a number of opportunities like that. Most recently, Iron Gwazi. I, I was the first person outside of. Bush Gardens and uh, RMC to give to give that a whirl as well, and got to write about that in the in the New York Post. Um, one story I can tell you that's that's um, a, a bit similar. I was the first person also to ride Wonder Woman Golden Lasso at uh, Six Flags Fiesta Texas, which was another innovation by RMC. Their oh. single their single rail track, and that was the very first one. So having that opportunity to be the first one was just incredible. But um, what happened afterwards was maybe, maybe even a little more incredible. Um, I think a lot of ACE members probably are familiar with Jeffrey Siebert, who's the, yeah. the GM there. Uh, just a great, great guy. One of the industry's most wonderful people. Uh, he loves coaster enthusiasts and he he's just a genial wonderful guy, all around wonderful guy. And, and, and somebody who I, I, I really enjoy interviewing and interacting with and he's been he's been great to me through the years after we got off of uh wonder woman golden lasso and and i've got to say the park was closed it wasn't open to the public that day so when i got to ride it i, I was kind of the only one there with some other six flags employees he said i've got a surprise for you and we walked to the other side of the park and he had iron rattler open and so the two of us were the only ones there, the only ones in the station. And we rode side by side, front row, back row, middle row on Iron Rattle. I couldn't believe that they had it open kind of just for me. It was, it was, it was such wow. a, such, that's such a, a that's wild That's more experience. than a Zen ride. <laughs> and full disclosure, he does volunteer for Ace. So I'm, I'm happy to hear that. I'm not surprised to hear that. He's a great guy. Perfect. Well, I think that's a fantastic end. Uh, I appreciate you coming on and, and taking a walk down memory lane of 30 years. That's, that's pretty amazing.
Ride With Us is produced by the American Coaster Enthusiasts, a registered 501c3 organization. Visit aceonline.org for additional information, and we will see you at the parks.